Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Strong Christian Female Podcast. This is a community of women who want to be warriors for Jesus. We are kicking off the desire to be comfortable and embracing a wholehearted abandonment to Jesus Christ, not through legalism, not through works, but through his grace and mercy. We're going to overcome the lies of this culture and replace them with the truth of God's word. So whether you're a grandma, a student, a stay-at-home mom, an entrepreneur, a coffee lover, or a tea drinker, you are welcome here. So let's get started. Hi, everybody. This is Charity, and this is part two of The Lie of Christian. In the first part, if you haven't listened to it, you might want to listen to it to really understand the title. But what we're talking about is the lie of the definition Christian. I won't back up and talk about any of the history, and I won't talk about a poll that was done. But I really want to hone in on this because we see such divisive things happening in our country right now. A lot of it is surrounded by politics. And to be perfectly frank, politics are made to be divisive. Politics are a divide and conquer, pit one person against the other situation. It is the intended desirable outcome for most people in politics to point fingers at someone else and blame them for all the problems or to go around pointing out problems, but never really coming to the table with a solution to those problems. That being said, the idea of Christianity and what God wants us to do as Christians is actually up for debate to a lot of people. And it's because they use the word Christian, but they don't really understand what it means to follow Jesus, to follow Christ. I'm not going to go down a laundry list of specificity because that can very easily get into legalism. We don't want to get into legalism, but I do talk about the obviousness and the principles Christ set down for our life. And we have got to back up and focus on those instead of the word Christian. Because if you aren't bringing Jesus into every single decision you make, into every area of your life, if you aren't looking to see what he did or exampled in the word of God, if you aren't looking for a gospel input into everything from your sex life, to raising your children, to your finances, then you're missing out on allowing Jesus not only into that area of your life, but following Jesus in every area of your life. I don't want to be harsh. I just think people have been lied to. This isn't a you're a bad person. This is a someone lied to you. And we're here to break the lies off of the enemy. And one of the lies that we're about to jump back into is the lie of Christian. So let's get into it. But if I'm meant to live in this moment right now and not get my way, but it's God's will for my life to be pouring my energy into something else, then I want his will, not mine. And I have to trust his plan, even when it's very, very, very hard. So so Jesus didn't just live this life of faith for himself. He lived it in front of his disciples and he called them to live a life of faith as well. He called them first to trust in him as the Messiah and the Son of God. And the Messiah, the Son of God, can perform miracles. He calms the storm we're in, right? In Mark 4, 35 through 41. Um, but when they didn't have faith, he actually chastised them a little bit. When they couldn't cast out a demon after he came down from the mountain and seeing Elijah, 
and Moses with Peter, James, and John. And, and they were like, people were like, hey, we brought this person with a demon and they couldn't, your disciples couldn't even cast him out. I mean, I don't know what that moment must have been like for Jesus. And he says, look, I'm not going to be with you much longer. And he chastised them a little bit. And that's in Matthew 17, 14 through 21. It's, it's also mentioned in Luke. Look, Jesus lived this incredible life of faith, incredible life that was dependent on God the Father. And he trusted fully on him. And then Jesus lived this incredible life of love. He loved his father with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. He loved others. He sought their good. In Matthew 22, 34 through 40, it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law of the prophets. Now, I want to say this. If you do not love yourself, it's really hard to love your neighbors. And if you're struggling, it's really hard. So you're going to actually have to just lean into Jesus and love others as he did if you can't love yourself right now. He lived this passionate life of love, of faith, of dependence on God. In Romans 5, 5, it says, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So if you can't depend on yourself to show love, depend on the Holy Spirit to show love to your spouse, your kids, your neighbors, your friends, your family who doesn't get you, who's rude, who's frustrating. So how can we even do this? How can we follow Jesus and begin to walk in the light as his disciple? Again, we've got to get into God's word regularly listen to his word, read his word, speak to people about his word. If you really can't approach his word from a vantage point where you feel like you understand it, get a simple book. And I don't mean simple as in dumbed down. I mean, simple as in easy to swallow bites that are applicable to your life right now. Some people are just like, I just read through the word every year. I just read through the word. And that's great. Some people really thrive on that. I think you should read the word. But sometimes I think you can be stuck in Ephesians or Jude or James for a year. There's so much in his word, in his gospel, but it is encouraging to hear the stories of those that have gone before us and his struggles. Even as women, I get it. People will say like, well, I'm a woman and it's not very woman centric in the word. I mean, get over it. Jesus doesn't look at you and go, well, you are a woman. Sorry. He had women who followed him everywhere. There's many, many women in the gospel mentioned, including Deborah or Deborah, depending on how you want to pronounce that who was a judge. Hello, Amy Comey Barrett. I'm just going to drop that. She was a judge. And God didn't say, no, you can't. You're a woman. He chose the right person for the job. We just need to stop trying to do everybody else's job and comparing ourselves as if we're excused because of who God created us to be. We need to accept our unique place in the kingdom and stop being jealous of other people. That is a sidebar a little bit, but it's true. And when we get into the word, we need fresh eyes. He didn't accidentally make you a girl. He intentionally made you exactly who you're supposed to be. And I even have to remind myself, all the traits, all the gifts, they're not being used right now. I'm going to be really honest. They're not. They sit on a shelf and it breaks my heart a little bit. But God made me this way. And someday I have to trust that he's going to pick those up and let me use them again. So when we're following him, we have to get into his word regularly, spend time with him regularly. And then we have to choose to actually do what his word says and what he tells us to do. We need to let him show us fresh eyes on how to discover his light and what his word says about relationships, work, priorities, sex, anything. And we need to follow what it says. 
We can't just keep saying, well, it's 2020. What are we going to do? Are you kidding me? Oh, oh, God didn't, he didn't make a plan, I guess, for 20. Did he not know that we were going to all live to see 2020? His eternal word needs to be applicable now. More so, in my opinion. I used to hear people all the time being like, well, it's, you know, it's not the same as in Corinth and Ephesus. I'm like, yeah, it's worse. Instead of putting babies on an altar when you walk into this city, we're using scalpels and justifying it and defending the right to kill innocent life because it's convenient. So we're not putting it on the altars of a God. We're putting it on the altar of our convenience. So it's not inapplicable now. It's far more applicable. We need to discover what the word says so that we can apply it to every area of our life. And then we need to do it. And then we have to try and live our life the way Jesus lived. You guys, this is huge. I'm not saying God never raised his voice, but I have a hard time believing he didn't practice self-control and was intentional about when he did those things. How did God do certain things? How did he depend on the Father? You know, he would get up before dawn and be alone and talk to his father. What was his goal? He wanted to please his father. He wanted to be intentional. He wanted to live a life that fulfilled his father's agenda, not his own. And he's not going to know his father's agenda if he's not hearing from the Lord. We need to be honest about the reality of following Jesus. And following Jesus means that we will do as he did and leave all the promises of our comfort behind us. We will face trials. We will be uncomfortable. It will get awkward. And I'm not talking about yelling at people on social media. That is immature and silly. And believe me, I understand wanting to respond to an idiotic comment. I get it. But we just have to sometimes take it on the chin a little bit. And you know what? The people in the Middle East who are Christians and in China who are Christians, they would look at our walks oftentimes and not even understand how we're not doing so much more because we aren't actually being that persecuted. Is there persecution in the United States? Yeah, honestly, there is. There is a Christian hating culture happening right now. But for us to continually pretend that we are modern day martyrs is ridiculous. We've got to get over ourselves, walk in the footsteps of Jesus, listen to him. We're not going to know who he is or what he did without getting in his word and praying regularly every single morning. Instead of clicking on your phone, she says with conviction, and looking at Instagram or Facebook and chuckling at something light because you're not really a morning person, you need to just knock it off. I'm here to give you a little secret. Nobody's a morning person. They've just developed discipline to do it anyway. I'm sorry, I have literally met no one who craves getting up in the morning other than they've got to get stuff done. Now, I'm not saying they don't wake up happy, but sometimes happy is a choice. We should be happy to spend time with God. I get it. I have a list that runs through my head pretty much any time my eyes are open. And honestly, carving out time with the Lord can be the hardest thing in my day, but it should inform every other decision I make for the rest of my day, including how I treat my kids, how I treat my spouse, how I prioritize my long list of to-dos. It's not easy, but we must stop pretending that sitting on our hands and doing nothing is following Jesus. Watching TV all day is following Jesus. Never speaking up when people say something that's not true is following Jesus. We need to start engaging in other people's lives, even if it means honestly getting a job that makes you do that. And if you're raising your kids at home, that is your job right now. And and it's so trite to hear. I, do you know how many people will say that's the greatest job? You just want to hit them sometimes in the arm and tell them to shut up. I'm sorry, I do. Because there's no glamour in it, ladies. There ain't no glamour in wiping poopy bottoms. There's no glamour in having sassy, rude teenagers roll their eyes at you. 
But if we are discipling our children as unto the Lord, we are following in Jesus's footsteps. Another chance to disciple these kids with the gifts God's given me? There's no trophy coming for that. But if they get into heaven because they've been discipled with parents who intentionally honor Jesus, wow. So how are we going to follow Jesus today? That is my challenge to you. A couple of weeks ago, I challenged you to reach out to humans every day. I know sometimes that's hard for all of us. How are we going to love, encourage, and walk in Jesus's footsteps? How are we going to, at Walmart, pull our heads out of our grocery list and just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit today? How are we going to calmly approach our life with our spouse and our kids and honor them? See, we want to be treated like queens, but we don't want to necessarily treat our husbands like kings. And I know that's a tough one for a lot of us, but how can we serve and honor and love our family? Now, I get it. Jesus and God are the only kings of my life, but my husband deserves as much investment as I would want from him. And I'm not always good at that. How can I be Jesus to him today? How can I be Jesus to my kids today? How can I disciple, love, reach out, encourage, whatever that is that you know God is calling you to do? Lay hands on the sick, pray. Pray for people who don't know Jesus. Wrestle with the idea of them being in a world where they don't have hope and love and faith. They're bitter and angry. We can get bitter and angry in knowing Jesus. I mean, how much more with the world? I mean, they're, they get crazy because of it. But are we laying hands on them or praying for them? Really praying for them? Because that's what Jesus did. So I encourage you to stop trying to define your life under the definition of Christian and start defining your life under the idea of following Jesus. So let's pray. God, there's a lot to do when we follow you, but the main thing we do when we follow you is do what you did. Walk in your footsteps. We get in the word, we pray, and we need to understand in the moment through the Holy Spirit what it is we're to do because we don't always know or we just don't want to do it. But if we love you, we will do as you command. We will pick up our cross and we will follow you, whatever that means for our lives. So Jesus, help us find fellow believers to surround us in the season of our lives and walk with us so that we aren't alone. The disciples had other disciples. We need help We need to be challenged and held accountable and loved deeply. We need to show compassion and receive compassion for where we're at in life. But God, we want your help doing it. Please help us so that we can stop being what the culture defines as Christian and start being a follower of Jesus. Amen. So ladies, please continue that challenge of reaching out to human beings every day. Somehow just a text, a note, an email, a phone call. It's hard to carve that time out. I, I actually really do understand that. But also carve time out with God first, praying, seeking him, worshiping, playing the guitar, listening to music. Maybe if you're home, do it with your kids. They may not want to do it, but who wants to exercise? But eventually you crave it. Your body starts craving good food. It craves exercise. That's the same with walking with Jesus. You're going to crave more and more of him. And No one's going to know what something tastes like until they taste it. And sometimes you got to make them a plate and shove it in front of their face. So I encourage you this week, get in the word, spend time with God, know what he did and do it. Okay, until next time. If you enjoyed this episode of Strong Christian Female, or you're just enjoying this podcast in general, or you just want a community of women that are ready to take this life 
by the horns and live it for Jesus Christ, no matter how hard it gets. We would love for you to share this podcast on your social media and let people know about it. We are constantly looking for other people to not only engage with us, but to give us feedback and maybe even give suggestions as to what to talk about. Also, give us a prayer request if you want. You can find us on Instagram at Strong Christian Female. Engage with us in some way. We would love to hear from you, and we will see you next time.